Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Penguins to Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. It was a rough loss last night for the Pittsburgh Penguins, 4-2 to at the hands of the New York Islanders, losing now three straight in regulation for the Penguins against all Metropolitan Division teams, two of them against the New York Islanders who supplant them for the second wildcard position, putting the Penguins on this day, February 21st, outside of playoff positioning. It was an interesting game for the Pens. They now bump to 0-10 and against combined the Islanders, Devils, and Hurricanes. Not a great stat, but there were a lot more positives to take away from this game than negatives, in my opinion, and I don't see a lot of people saying that because, of course, it's hard to when the end result is zero points and a four-point swing against a team you're in a dogfight with for playoff positioning. But I saw some encouraging signs from the Penguins last night that I don't think enough people are pointing out, so that's what I'm going to do here. But don't worry, I'm aware of the awful position the Penguins have been putting themselves in and continue to put themselves in with their performances. But the biggest story last night for the Penguins going into the game, was the return of Tristan Jari. I've said several times on multiple different platforms that I'm trying to reserve my thoughts and opinions about this team as a whole until we see a healthy Tristan Jari back. And I feel we got that last night in his first game since January 22nd. 28 saves on 31 shots, and for the majority of the game, he looked like Penguins, number one goaltender, Tristan Jari. It was a sigh of relief for me. It was nice to actually watch that. Made it easier to watch the game. The defense helped him out a lot early. I thought they did a fantastic job in the first period. Allowed only seven shots, a lot of them coming from the outside. Not many second chance opportunities. Not many odd man rushes early in this game. And they stayed out of the penalty box early. So they allowed Tristan Jari to kind of ease his way in to game action, and I thought that was the perfect thing for Jari as he was able to see some shots, see some live action, see some bodies in front of the net that are actually trying to score a little bit more than in practice, and I thought he responded to that well. Now, the defense, as with the rest of the team, 
did break down a little bit as the game has gone on, but that's been the storybook on the Pittsburgh Penguins throughout this season. The biggest thing for Jari in that game was the third period. It was a tough 20 minutes for Jari. You start out on the penalty kill, and the Penguins do kill off. I believe it was 38 seconds left in the third to start the third period of Brock McGinn's second minor of the second. And he was able to kill that off. A good opportunity for the Isles for Kyle Palmieri early in that period. But all seemed to continue to go well. Then Bo Horvat comes in in a two-on-one, takes a shot that goes up high on Jari. It was a very scary moment just getting Jari back, especially considering he's been out since January 22nd. And even then, he had only played two games since missing everything since January 1st or 2nd when he got injured in the Winter Classic. So we have not seen a lot of Jari, and to see him take that shot up high, it was a scary moment. Seeing anybody, regardless of their injury history, take a shot to the throat is a very scary situation, and now you see why they have those cheaters, those little plastic things hanging around their neck. So nice to see Jari get back after that. Hopefully he is okay. Hopefully nothing is is wrong structurally there. It was a scary moment, but it went downhill from there. He allows a weak goal to Bo Horvat a couple of minutes later, and the game is tied with about 10 minutes to go, and the Penguins all of a sudden lose any momentum they had had. Now, that's a weak goal for Tristan Jari to allow. You have to seal off the post better. He didn't. The puck squeaks through. And as everybody always says, ah, that's one he's going to want to have back. But okay, you're still in a tie game. The Penguins at that point had outplayed the Islanders, albeit earlier in the game is when they did most of their damage. But the Penguins were still the better team to that point in the game. And then just about 90 seconds later, a little over 90 seconds later, Tristan Jari tries to play the puck behind the net, has a horrendous turnover, shades of the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs against the Islanders, sends it right to the Islanders for checking forward. They get a couple passes around, sends it up to Matt Martin in the slot. Martin sends it to, of course, Anders Lee, who the Pittsburgh Penguins just have nobody on their roster who can handle Anders Lee in front of the net. And all of a sudden, less than two minutes apart, the Penguins go from up 2-1 to one to down 3-2. to two. And the main reason was poor play and poor decision-making from Tristan Jari. It was a rough third period. But first and foremost, the Penguins are obviously better off with Tristan Jari back. You saw that for, I'm going to say, 55 out of the 60 minutes of that game last night. But in that third period, he had a bad three-minute stretch that... A lot of people are going to say, oh, that cost him the game. Well, there are also moments throughout the game that I, I hate when people say that because look at the rest of the game. How many other odd man rushes did Tristan Jari shut down that we haven't seen shut down since his departure on the 22nd? It's a game of nuance. It's a game of opportunity. And the Islanders took the opportunity that was presented to them when Tristan Jari handed it to him on a silver platter. It's a mistake. We move on. But the Pittsburgh Penguins, I thought got a lot more positives from Jari than negatives. Obviously, you don't want him to cost you the game late in, late in the third period. Obviously, the Penguins then take a penalty, which only gave him seven minutes of even strength time to try to tie it up. But at the end of the day, it was good to see Tristan Jari back. He's going to build off of this. It's his first game back. He was heavily tested in the second and third periods, and he just needs to limit these stupid mistakes. But again, 
hasn't seen game action in a month, you're going to make some mistakes if you're pressured in that situation. You just hope that Tristan Jari can limit those moving forward. I want to give Ilya Sorokin his flowers, though. Speaking of goaltenders, let's go to the other end. 44 saves on 46 shots, which is already, like, you're going to see that. He has that line, gets the win, and you're going to say, okay, so Ilya Sorokin stole the game. I think that's part of it. I think that's a big part of it. But when you look a little closer and you see some of the saves that he was able to make, I mean, early on, a two-on-one, he absolutely shuts down a laser one-timer from Evgeny Malkin. And then he made a save right after that on Zucker, who was coming by and following the shot. Phenomenal little stretch there. And then, of course, what we saw in the second period, the save he was able to make on Chris Letang, flailing behind him with his blocker. And there were a couple of times, I mean, let's not forget, Jeff Carter almost had a power play goal in the second period, but it just got pulled back by Alexander Romanov. The Penguins had so many opportunities to extend their lead, to give them the nail in the coffin, to give them a two, three, four goal lead at points because they had already stacked up so many opportunities. Ilya Sorokin kept them in that game and Ilya Sorokin won them that game. Just as much as the Penguins gave it away, Ilya Sorokin deserves credit for taking it. So I just wanted to give him his flowers really quickly. A couple other things I noticed... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One player I did want to highlight before I uh, said goodbye for this show, Drew O'Connor had himself a good game. I know what some people are going to say is, oh, he was a minus two in a game where, you know, the Penguins only gave up three goals with a goaltender in net. Well, yeah, but plus minus is a, is a bullcrap stat. So don't look at that. He was able to find a lot of good shooting lanes, creating them for himself, with, which is something the Penguins kind of lack in the bottom six. Got a couple of good opportunities. Had a breakaway in which, yeah, he didn't get the shot off cleanly, but he made a good play trying to get it back. And again, Sorokin made a really underrated play where he pulled his back leg and he directed it away from the front of the net and away from the actual net front to just make that a nothing play. Because if that puck goes through, I don't remember which penguin it was, but there was one wide open on the back end. And Drew O'Connor, if that goes through, Drew O'Connor looks like a genius. Because even though he didn't get a good shot opportunity on that breakaway, he would have turned it into a goal. That was a heck of a play by Sorokin to stop Drew O'Connor both times on that breakaway. But again, had that. Had four shots on goal. And really overall, he was good on the forecheck. He was good on the back check. I thought he was fantastic on the penalty kill. Had a couple of block shots. Was really good on clearing attempts. Went on the PK. The only thing against him is he did make one really bad mistake that led to that New York Islanders opening goal that tied it up at one. I would have liked to see him take the body there. But again, as I talked about a couple weeks ago, this team doesn't do that. This team is not instructed to do that. There are just players that do that on their own volition. I mean, Latang, Zucker, 
it's no surprise that these older players are the ones that normally take the body a little bit more often because they come from a time where that's the primary thought process. Drew O'Connor has been told time and time again, try to take a stick out, try to just poke the puck away, try to just, just try to make a stick play, stick checks, stick checks. If he takes the body there, it's likely that it doesn't turn into a two-on-one and likely that the goal doesn't get scored. But again, you cannot blame an individual goal on an individual player 90% of the time. Because what happened before that? Marcus Pedersen lost a puck battle on the boards, gets through him. Okay, what happened after that? A two-on-one, Doolin does his job, and Tristan Jari just gets beat. Now, it's a great shot by Brock Nelson, so I'm not going against Tristan Jari on that. But there's so many different things that only one Penguin had to win there out of the three of them for that goal to not happen. All three of them lost. And that's why the goal went in. But overall, I thought a really good game from Drew O'Connor. I mean, Ryan Paling, we don't know how far away he is from coming back. He's still considered day-to-day. He's been practicing with the team, so he might be on his way back. But if Drew O'Connor sits, I know that everybody's on Ron Hextall. And if, if you want to hear me and my co-host Nick Horwat go off on Ron Hextall, we did that plenty on yesterday's episode of Tip of the Iceberg. But if if Drew O'Connor does not stay in this lineup when Ryan Paling comes back, at least for a handful of games, I feel like he's earned the right. And I also feel like the Penguins need him in the lineup. They need what he brings to the fourth line. And I think a fourth line of O'Connor, Paling or Bluger right now, I, I think I saw some some signs of positivity from Teddy Bluger last night. And Josh Archibald, that's something you can get started with. Now, the third line is the third line. We know that it needs help. We know, okay? Can't keep saying it because, you know, it, it's it's starting to just be a broken record, a scratch CD, whatever era you're from. It's the same story night in and night out. The third line is the worst line, and it continues to be that way. It was last night. But Drew O'Connor has earned himself a spot in this lineup, so I just I hope he gets it. There was a quote that was said, by two individuals yesterday that I hold very highly um, in my eyes. Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic put out a nice article about a conversation he had with Pittsburgh Penguins general manager Ron Hextall. Now, there's a lot of stuff in there about what Hextall's looking at going into the trade deadline and, and yada, yada, yada. Go read it at The Athletic, subscribe, whatever. Uh, that There's a free ad for you, um, The Athletic. But the quote that Lebrun had is, This team is finding ways to lose games instead of finding ways to win games. And that's very uncharacteristic of them. Mike Sullivan echoed the same sentiment following the loss to the Islanders. When you look at these games, the Penguins are in them. They are. Even when they didn't have their starting goaltender, Casey DeSmith was forced to start every game. Even on Saturday, for a long time, with a third-string goaltender in Dustin Tokarski against one of the best teams in the National Hockey League this season, they were in the game for a long time. This team can keep up with basically anybody in the league, can be in games with anybody in the league. They just need a couple of things. One, third line, leaving it there. And two... They need to make sure they're staying out of their own way. 
turnovers from Tristan Jari last night. Bad penalties by Brock McGinn. One of them was 200 feet away from the ice, or from, from their own net. Horrible penalty. Jeff Carter, losing faceoffs last night. Doesn't get the opportunity to knock a wide-open shot in because he loses a puck battle with Ryan Pulak. There's so many instances in which the Penguins are just one play away from turning the tide of the entire game. But instead, they make the mistake and they find a way to lose the game. So I echo that sentiment again from Pierre Lebrun, from Mike Sullivan. This team is finding ways to lose games. You know what that tells me? This team is capable of winning games and winning big games. So while a lot of people want to jump off the bandwagon, and that is your right. A lot of people want to scream bloody murder about this team, and that is your right as a fan. And I respect that. But what I saw last night is a team that turned a corner, or at least started to. At least they pulled the emergency brake on driving off the cliff, and they're slowing down while approaching it. Because the cliff's still there. But what I saw last night was a team, the better team, find a way to lose a game. If they can stop doing that, they'll be a playoff team no matter what. The last thing I'll leave you with is, teams usually lose some games that they should win at the end of a bad stretch. That was a game the Penguins should have won. They outplayed an undermanned Islanders team, and Sorokin stole it for them, and the Penguins gave it away late. So I believe that was one of those games. I believe you're going to see the Penguins turn a corner here over the next week or so. And hopefully... Uh, not holding my breath for this one, but hopefully get some reinforcements. It's not going to get any easier, though. They have Edmonton on Thursday, and then they, of course, go over the weekend to St. Louis. Then they welcome Tampa Bay in next week. So it's going to get harder, but the Pittsburgh Penguins, I believe, should look better. That's going to do it for this episode of Penguins to Go. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. That's it for this one. We'll see you guys tomorrow.